And then, and then we switch back to Matthias and Co, who apparently had a feast and a party. Yeah. Uh, what they feasted on, who knows? But who, who cares? Uh, because um, they are sleeping off the feast, and his reverie is disrupted when Logalog reports a very distressed sparrow at the edge of the woods. And no surprise to anyone, it is Warbeak who is now the queen of the sparrows. She rules with a level head and her people are prospering for it. And I like that, like, a lady ruler, like, we have two women now who are ostensibly running things in Redwall and they are both being portrayed as, like, they know what they're doing. They are, like, clearly being the best for what's happening right now. Why was Cornflower written this way? Oh my god. Right? I think... (laughs) Constance just stole, like, we have one strong female. Or Jess. It's like Constance and Jess, Warbeak, Dunwing. Um, Matthias should have married Warbeak. That would have been so. <laughs> Let's not get into family. They couldn't have had children. They couldn't have had children, but I think it would have worked better. I mean, they, they could have had surrogates. They could have adopted. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> that's a fan fiction for another time. Because now I'm actually thinking about that's it. That's my fan fiction. Um, their joy at reuniting is cut <laughs> short when she conveys why she came. Clooney is soon to capture Redwall. Logalog musters the Guosim, about 500 in number, and Warbeak promises the aid of herself and her warriors. Moving as quick as possible, they head for Redwall. Matthias knows in the end he must face Clooney, which is, you know... What I... Yeah. We all know that this is what it's coming down to. I really, really like how, like, she is, like, just at the edge of everything. Like, she doesn't want to come into this encampment because she doesn't know what the shrews are going to do, and she's only one Mm Sparrow. But she is, like, you know, doing what she always does, which is, like, fluttering around and, like... Just basically, like making sparrow noises Mm -hmm. like hello hello please pay attention to me uh (laughs) i know matthias is here jesus and and like all of the the shrews are like we can't make heads or tails and then like matthias just comes over and starts like like they wrestle around like old friends because they are very very good friends at this point which is still weird i don't like it but it's still really weird considering everything that happened before but i think at this point it's one of those things about war where shit is just very weird and complicated. And you make especially friends relationships in the places. between people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Relationships between people get very, very weird when it comes to war and trauma. Yeah. So. <sighs> and so, but like they're speaking Sparrow with each other and all the shrews are just like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> I, it's implied that like most like rodents and other mammals can't talk that fast. I suppose so, because, like, if you think... Even though they can speak B? I guess... No, I'm just imagining, like, the shrews dancing back and forth as they're speaking to the bees. Um, (laughs) I speak to the bees. Uh, (laughs) I am the Lorax, and I speak for the bees. (laughs) I am the Logalog, and I speak for the bees. Uh, Anyway. I am the Lorax, and I speak for my knees. I imagine it's a case of, like, the sparrows, like, they probably have more, like, a chirpy language. Like, they don't, like, sparrows have tongues, but they're not, like, you know, tongue tongues like we have that make, you know. Yeah. So, my theory is, is like, they chirp. Well, okay, and talk uh, about, like, mice also can't speak words. Yes, but they're more mammalian, so it's easier to let it slide. Listen, we're justifying a fantasy world thing here. It's never going to go well. We're not going to think about it too hard. (laughs) But uh, I don't know. I don't know. The way that that Brian handles, like, the Sparrow language in this book is bad. It is very bad. I will not... It's just bad. Yeah. Um, Um, So, back to Redwall. Clooney's pan... Pan. We've been at this for almost two hours, no, three hours now, and I still can't talk. Um, Clooney's plan goes off perfectly this time. Everyone is captured and dragged outside. Clooney goes in to gloat and loses his temper and mind a bit at the tapestry of Martin. Um, There's this- He's like yelling at it. He's so mad. He's so mad that like Martin is not like looking upset at him about this. He's just- as like just nonplussed as he has always been on that tapestry, mm-hmm. and Clooney is just like 
I'm gonna rename everything. Yeah, like he has a hissy fit, basically. He has this complete hissy fit over it. And like there's this great double entendre in there where like as soon as he said it, it's like, oh, that's why he's in a better mood. Because he says, I will have no more nightmares one before this, you know, before the day ends. Like my nightmares will be over. And it's like, uh, yeah, they're, they're sure going to be over. All right. <laughs> um, yep. And, and so they get everybody outside. Mm-hmm. Like everyone is captured outside. And so they, they've dragged the Abbot outside. They've got, uh, everyone. Like Jess outside. They've got Constance outside. And the only reason that Constance is not causing problems is because they have her staked to the ground under a net and they have bludgeoned her into unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. She is taking brain damage being unconscious for so long. And, uh, not just that. I love that like they are badge. They are baffled by the the um, the beaver. They're just like, what is this thing? <laughs> what enough? Um, but there's this little exchange. Um, let's see. Once the abbot is the abbot is bullied, Jess retaliates and she's ganged up on by rats until the abbot and Kilconi settle it. He then shares a snarky quip with ba- Basil as they move to the abbot's chair to the gatehouse for Clooney to sit on to pass judgment. And it's just. It's this little thing about um, Father Abbott struggled to his knees. Please, I beg of you, do not hurt, do not fight on my account. They have the advantage. You'll only get hurt. Aye, sensible words, Your Honor, Kilkenny said as he made his way for the Abbot's chair to be carried through. Take my tip and sit quiet until the chief comes out. Don't make it harder on yourselves than it's going to be. That's what me old mother always used to say. Like, just, again, like you said, he's making the best of a bad situation here. You know, he doesn't dislike any of the Redwall creatures. It's just he's got no choice. He's a vermin. They'll always view him as a vermin. And as such, mm-hmm. you know, he's might as well shack up with the winners. And Basil is like, I didn't think somebody like you would have a mother. And Kilkenny's like, eh, eh, you're not going to be as funny when the scourge is done with you. Yeah. Which I think is just funny. Kilkenny's just like, eh. Yeah, just not, not having it. Um, <laughs> Matthias moves doggedly forward, only stopping when Warbeak and Logalog sit on him. Like, literally, he trips and yeah, they have, they to, have sit to sit on him. He, yeah, he trips. They have to pin him down because he's moving at such a fast pace and they're moving through the forest. So Warbeak has to flutter. She can't just fly yeah. straight. She's fluttering around, dodging trees. And Logalog is constantly, like, a couple <laughs> yards behind Matthias. He's not because built he's, for this. <laughs> No, shrews are smaller than the mice. They, they, he, his legs are shorter. He can't move as fast. Mm-hmm. And so they rest and they have like a war council and decide what to do. It's decided Warbeak will go on ahead and rally the Sparrow. Loglog will stay behind to wait for the rest of the shrews. And Matthias will move on by himself. And they point out that they have the advantage in that no one is expecting them. No one knows that they yeah. are coming. They don't expect anyone to come and try and take Redwall back. So they have the advantage mm-hmm. in that they can get the jump on them. Yeah, and Warbeak is going to go ahead and open all of the gates except for the front one. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the other, all of the gates open into cardinal directions. Yeah. So there are three small gates that open in the directions that are not the main gate. Yeah. And so Warbeak is going to go and get them open... And uh, Logalog is going to wait for his crew to catch up. They're going to double time it to catch up to Matthias. And Matthias is going to keep going. Yep. And it's a good plan. It's a solid plan. Because like you said, they're not expecting them whatsoever. Nope. Like, Clooney's just like, I don't have to worry about Matthias anymore. Like, what the fuck is this mouse? I think, like, I'm pretty sure that Clooney thinks that Matthias is dead. Yeah. Um... And, like, he has... Or he's just completely forgotten about him. What the fuck does he have to fear? Yeah, pretty much. He doesn't think anything about the Sparrow, because the Sparrow haven't really done anything to them. No. In fact, I don't even know if they know they're there. Yeah, and, like, he hasn't even encountered the Shrews. No, he's got no idea what the Shrews are. Um, Yeah. So, with the plans set in motion, Warbeak flies ahead, and Plumpin wakes up and finds himself face-to-beak with Sparrows. Shoved unceremoniously out the gate, the sparrows take his greased rag and get to work opening the doors. Specifically, he is face to beak with, um... Yeah, they, they specifically named them out. Uh, Dunwing, Battlehawk, and Windplume. So it's face to face with Warbeak's mother and two other sparrows. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and Dunwing gives them orders like, take the red rag and grease, bring many sparrow, fly quiet, grease other little worm doors, wait till Queen Warbeat come, no let ratworms see warriors go now. Mm -hmm. And throughout the night hours, many sparrows worked secretly on the locks, bolts, and hinges of the small wall gates. And we get this, this bit where we find out how many shrews there are and how many sparrow warriors there are. There are... The regiment of gorilla shrews are 500 strong, mm-hmm. right? We already know this. There are a thousand sparrow warriors perched in the branches of the trees all around the abbey. Yeah. If the sparrows had ever really wanted to take are, over the abbey, they could have. They really could have. They just didn't see the point because, like, everything is too low yeah. for them. They were fine where they were. Also, King Bull Sparrow probably didn't give a shit. Yeah. He's got his little court. He was court. like, I am king of the castle and everything beneath us is whatever the fuck. I yeah. don't give a shit. Come dawn. Um, oh. Come dawn. Clooney begins his prideful strut of victory. He demands the abbot kneel. The abbot refuses. This, I just, I, we have to pause for a second because I want to, I want to read what the abbot says because it's good shit. It's very good. Like these last few chapters are solid. They, they are very the end of Redwall is very, very solid in the way that it's written. The last chapter, I have already stated I have problems with. But for the most part, this these last chapters are very solid. They move very quickly and the action is well done. It's very tense, but it's not terse. Yeah. It gives room for things, certain things to breathe the way that they need to. Mm-hmm. So, slowly lift... So, okay. Yeah. Let me start here. You can do it. Regally, he swept through the ranks of both sides, looking neither to right nor left. Mounting the dais which had been set up for his use, he swirled the sinister cloak about him and sat down in the abbot's chair. All that could be heard was the crackle of the torch and the unhappy whimper of one of the infant captives. He sat impassively, claws gripping the chair arms, visor lowered. Slowly lifting the visor, Clooney allowed his single eye to rove around. It came to rest on the abbey leader. You, abbot mouse, come here. With two rats flanking him, the father abbot stepped forward in a slow, dignified manner. Even clad in his nightwear, he radiated calm and fortitude. Clooney sat back, sneering openly. Ha! So this is your leader? A little fat mouse in his nightshirt. What a fearsome warrior he looks! Well, what now, Mouse? Are you going to go down on your knees and beg for your life, old one? Abbot Mortimer stared calmly into Clooney's savage eye. I will never bend my knee on my own behalf. However, if I thought I could save the life of one of my friends, I would gladly fall down on both knees. But I know you, Clooney, better than you know yourself. There is not a scrap of pity or mercy in your heart, only a burning desire for vengeance. Therefore, I will not kneel to one who is consumed by evil. Clooney sprang to his feet, trembling with rage. Kneel to me, mouse. Kneel or I will kill you, he stormed. And then Constance wakes up. But yeah. This, this bit gave me... So, like, we've all seen Mulan. <laughs> this is big emperor of China to Shang. The wind may howl, but the mountain will not, not bow before it. Yeah. The, like, no matter how the wind howls, the mountain cannot bow to it. Yeah. Like, the, the Amber of China to the Huns was just, whoo, that was the vibes that I was getting. And, like, I know, this book came out before Mulan, uh-huh. but it's the same vibe. It's very good. And it's good. good shit. Not to mention, like, the um, imagery, the whole way he writes the scene. Like, I can see it in my head. Like, I, I've got, like, the animatics oh, yeah. in my I head, can, you know? Yeah, same. I got, like, from the, like, like... Clooney walking through all everyone, all the prisoners tied up, his horde with their weapons trained on all of these people standing at attention, and he swir- like the he steps onto the dais, the and like as he turns, cloak. the swirl of the cloak, yes. like the dramatics, like the the to quote Megamind presentation, yes. <laughs> the presentation of it as he sits, like I can see the swirl of the cloak as it swirls out, and he sits, yes. He's having and his claws fun. settle He's... onto the arms of yes. that chair. And it's like, oh, man, it is good imagery. This is the kind of shit that really sucked me into these books. Mm-hmm. Is the almost 
poetry of this imagery that Brian is so good mm-hmm. at writing. It is mwah, chef's fucking kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Constance has to be bludgeoned back into unconsciousness, and ba- Basil's legs are injured again after he kicked down several guards and sasses Clooney. Like, he's basically like, you're not going to be able to use your legs when we're done. Yeah. Basically. Clooney basically snaps at this point because he's still getting sassed. And he starts to chant, like, I I will decide who lives or who dies. All of you are not grasping the situation. And the abbot pretty much loses, like, whatever control he had snaps because, like, he cares more for his friends than he cares for himself. And he rushes forward to beg for, for, you know, like, mercy for his friends Clooney whips him with his tail and starts to chant, kill, kill, kill. And just then, a voice rings out. And stepping down from the abbey door is the warrior. I am, that is, Martin Matthias. He is the warrior, and his fight fight is with Clooney. And this scene is is very good. good. We get, like... Good scenes back to back in this chapter. It's very oh yeah, delightful. like honestly, like the entirety, the entire last of the book. Like, I could just read the whole thing out loud. It would be top tier. Just all of it, top tier. I'm not gonna, but like we get like suddenly a thunderous voice not... was was heard. Clooney the scourge, I've come to settle with you. And like, like Clooney was lashing at the abbot with his poison barbed tail, and it just drops and like. Clooney's voice is shaking as he asks who the warrior is, and he says, I am that is. That is his response to Clooney's, I am that is. Not just that, but, like, Clooney's and fear here. Like, he's trembling. He's hiding behind the chair, because, like, he's like, no. cowering behind the chair. He's like, no, you are from my You're- nightmares. I am not to have any more nightmares. Go back to my dreams. I am awake right now. You cannot be here. Yeah, and, like, he just comes, like... Mar- Matthias comes out with a sword. He points his blade at Clooney uh, and says, I am that is. Martin Matthias, call me what you will. It was long ago written that you and I would meet, meet rat. And like, this is when all hell breaks loose. Yeah. This is when all hell breaks loose because a frog blood, I don't know if it is a rat or a stoat, just springs at matthias but then he is slain immediately and matthias is like i will slay any invader that moves Clooney. this is between you and me and then the joseph bell begins tolling Mm -hmm. and sparrow warriors swarm the courtyard and uh like they they are obscuring the skies of the abbey and they land in droves around the parapet and the grounds are suddenly swarming with gorilla shrews armed to the teeth they are and Matthias is whirling the sword. Yeah. Matthias is whirling the sword above his head uh, as he roars out his battle cry. Redwall, Redwall, strike for Redwall. And again, all hell breaks mm-hmm. loose. Everybody starts fighting. They set free, like, everyone. Like, the, the defenders are freed. They pick up anything they can use as a weapon. We get some very good, weird descriptions of, like... Uh, 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 weapons that some of yeah. the people are using, like some of the named characters start using. Yeah. It is so good. And like the rats, the ferrets, the weasels, and the stoats all have to fight with a ferocity born out of desperation. They know this because is it. They, this is it. And they, they know that if they don't fight as hard as they can, they're done. Yep. There will be no mercy. And, there will be no quarter. Yeah. Um. But we get this, this, this bit... As we get another unfortunate, he calls the Sparrows Braves. Yeah. The Sparrow Braves, which is a outdated racist term for Native Americans. Specifically warriors. This is why the uh, there's a lot of like um, controversy around the name of the Atlanta Braves. And they're Which are a sports up, right? team. Yeah. 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 I mean, at least Bad. I'd say that's still marginally better than the Redskins. Nah, it's still all it's bad. It's bad, but it's, it's like, mm, can we not? Anyway. It is all bad. Um, Kilconi is killed and- by Matthias when Clooney uses him as a distraction, and all I put in the notes was a sad emoji. And, but I'm like, the, the scene of, like, 
Clooney plucking the blazing torch from Kilkenny's grasp and flinging it at Matthias, and Matthias deflecting it yes. in a shower of sparks with his shield. Yes. And, like, Clooney pushes Kilkenny into Matthias, and, like, Matthias just, like, just cleaves him in two just mm. and steps over him whirling his sword as he pursues Clooney that entire scene like yeah Kilconey is dead this is sad I am upset it just as I was reading it was playing out in my head like in like it was animated like it was the secret of Nim like you know mm-hmm. when you see the rats the rats fighting mm-hmm. it played out like that in my head and it was just so cinematic and I was like this is such a small bit for this to happen with and just the rest of this chapter is like that mm-hmm. it is so good so Clooney tries to hit Matthias with the poison tip of his tail Matthias chops it off grabbing an iron barb the two go at each other with vicious intent Clooney was not expecting Matthias to chop the end of his tail no. off and like he doesn't get a hit on Matthias with it either. He keeps blocking it before he finally cuts it. And, like, when uh, Clooney grabs this iron barb and they are just going at each other, like, my brain had this thought, like, there are some big bore the fighter parallels when he was fighting on the beach mm-hmm. because it's just him and his enemy. Mm-hmm. It is Matthias and Clooney in the midst of this battle. Yeah. It is just them. Yep. Yeah. No one else really matters to them at this moment. They are focused on each other. And then we get, like, the, the fun, like, weapons that people... <laughs> yeah. Jess Squirrel is using a heavy iron chain. She's just swinging around like a deadly flail. Ambrose Spike is Sonic the Hedgehogging his way around. And Silent Sam is just pushing him around with a stick so that he goes in certain directions. Yes! <laughs> Just like, I'm just like Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> it's really, really And the good. fact that Silent oh, Sam man. is the one pushing him around and directing him where to go is just like, oh my god. <laughs> it's very funny. It's very funny. Like, Sparrow are like grabbing vermin and dropping them in the pond. Mm-hmm. Where the um, fish are having a merry time eating them. Uh, yeah. Uh, a bunch of otters just absolutely massacre a bunch of ferrets. Um, well, the, like, yeah. it's it's real good, and we get, like, there's that, and then it hops back to Matthias and Clooney, who are scoring very deep and heavy wounds on each other, but they're mm-hmm. neither of them are backing down or giving in. And at first, like, Clooney tries to hide in, like, the abbey itself behind the door, but that doesn't work. And uh, Matthias manages to, like, kick his shield up into Clooney's chin. Just, and cuts it, too, yeah. Yeah, and then they, they get, the both of them, like, fight their way into the bell tower, where Friar Hugo is, and Friar Hugo hides, because he's terrified, obviously. Because Friar Hugo was the one who rang the bell. Yeah. Because, obviously, the Sparrow had come to Friar Hugo and let him know the plan, and said, this is the cue. This is the cue for us for go. Mm-hmm. When Matthias comes out, like, I love this little... is the cue for us for us and the shrews yeah. to appear. So anyway, Matthias manages to get away from Clooney and climbs up to like into the rafters. Well, poor brother Hugo. After Clooney sneezes. tried to like choke him out on a rail. Oh, yeah, poor brother Hugo sneezes. So like, sorry, I got ahead of myself. The two have a moment's breather before Clooney catches the hiding friar Hugo. Threatening him, he gets Matthias to promise to come down because he's like, you know, you know, Clooney has no honor, but he knows he can manipulate creatures like Matthias who do have honor. Mm-hmm. And Matthias basically says, like, I will come down on my honor, but only when you let Hugo go. So Clooney lets Hugo free and Matthias waits for Clooney to get to the center of the room where he then drops the Joseph bell on him, killing him once for all, once and all. I want to read. I want to read just that bit. It's good. It's good. And it's the climax of this scene. I'll tell you why I'm giggling once you're done reading it. I know why you're giggling, you fuck. <laughs> For those. So okay, go ahead. <laughs> so the the scene, like as it starts, is like Matthias is basically bartering with Clooney and says, "How do I know you're going to keep your word that you will not kill the friar?" If I come down, set him free first. And Clooney is like, 
yeah, all right, get the fuck out of here. Um, because he, there's nowhere else for Matthias to go but come down. Because if he goes up, jumping is death. So it's death either way. You know, he thinks he's won. So he says, get out of my sight, you sniveling little wretch. He grated, thrusting Friar Hugo away from him. The frightened mouse dived back underneath the stairs. Clooney stood in the center of the room, his one eye straining to catch sight of Matthias in the belfry. Blood dripped from the dozen wounds the warrior mouse had inflicted upon him during the course of their battle. But now he knew he had won. The voices had been right. He would soon see the last of the mouse warrior. Come on down, mouse. Clooney the Scourge is waiting for you. Matthias stood up on the wooden beam. With one mighty blow from the blade of the ancient battle-scarred sword, he severed the rope holding the Joseph bell. It appeared to hang in space for a second. Then it dropped like a massive stone. Clooney remained riveted to the spot, his one eye staring upwards. Before he had time to think, it was too late. Clang! Joseph Bell told its last huge knell. The colossal weight of the metal smashed Clooney the Scourge flat upon the stone floor of the bell tower. And then Kit <laughs> put a link in this, like then drops the Joseph Bell on him, killing him once and for all, puts a link to the scene from Coco. <laughs> And they dropped the bell on what's-his-face. <laughs> the, the, the singer. Oh, God, I can't remember his name. Um, Who cares? He was a shit. Yeah, he was. But and <laughs> I tried to retaliate with this by finding a gif from the Book of Life when uh, they the, the bell had fallen from the bell tower, and so um, Manolo had pulled it, shoved Joaquin out of it, and pulled it over him and the bad guy, and it exploded. Mm-hmm. Um... But I couldn't find a GIF or a movie clip for that because the internet hates me, I guess. Well, the Book of Life wasn't but as popular so, as Coco, Coco, unfortunately, because, you know, Disney. They're both very good movies. Book of Life is very good. I've actually got a movie poster from it that is from the theater. Like, one of the guys in Jackson was like, I think, like, there was like three or four guys in town who had a crush on me. And I didn't catch on to it until, like, a year after I left. I'm like, oh. Um, I mean, listen. I'm ace. So... Um, but he, he would give me movie posters if I asked him, like, hey, when you guys are done, can I have that poster? He's like, yeah. So, <laughs> I got that movie poster. Adorable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, basically I was like, all right, you little shit. I couldn't find it. And then, <laughs> and Kit laughed at me and I did a little, like, uh, uh, flipping the bird emoji. <laughs> anyway, Matthias Tall kept my- his promise. He came down, taking Hugo outside the two see that Redwall has won the battle. The majority of the horde is dead now. The ones who tried to flee were met by Captain Snow and Squire Julian. And Basil informs Matthias that the abbot is in a bad way. Um, I just love, like, I thought that for sure, like, you had the memories of Gingivere dying. So I'm like, oh, no, is Julian going to die now in this book? And it's like, no, no. But also, I guess I did get the fighting in a tower up a flight of stairs imagery from Red. Yeah. So, like, I can see where your mix up and confusion were coming from. But yeah, so the abbot yeah. is in a bad way, and let's see, the yeah, abbot is like dying, Basil... the poison from Clooney's tail bega- being too much for him. He gives a pretty- spe- This scene is sad. It's sad, but at the same time, it's like, it's sad, but then- It's frustrating. Yeah. He names Brother Alf as the next abbot. He also says the sparrows and the shrews are now welcome at the abbey. It is their home as long as they want to be. Well, the sparrows already live there, asshole. The sparrows were already there. Yeah. This was already their home. And he calls the shrews a slur. He does. Where's that? Um, um, value, pity, those good gorilla shrews also. No longer will they be oh, as right. Romani slur yeah. roaming the woods. They will have a proper home here at Redwall as long as they right. wish. And now, Matthias, my son, I must tell you my decision regarding <laughs> you. It is my wish that you do not enter our orders. Hey, you just... I know he's dying, but he's just, like, rattling on a bunch of shit. Oh, I, like, that's why I said, like, he gets a nice, pretty speech. It's like that typical, like, oh, they're dying, but they're going to be able to say everything they want to say first. Don't worry. Um. Yeah. And so, basically, he's, like, um, Matthias is not going to become a member of the Order. He's not going to be a brother. He is to become the warrior of Redwall, its champion and defender. And he names the sword Rap Death. <sighs> Rat death! Terrible name. The sword didn't kill 
This like yeah, it killed. A f- it didn't kill Clooney. It killed Asmodeus. It should be called Snake Death, if anything. Yeah, it just it's very bad. Motherfucker! I don't think it's and then, I don't think it's used. Like from what I remember from uh, Madame Mayo, it's, it's not, not used. They don't call it no. that, which is like it's Martin's sword. Yeah, it's Martin's sword. I feel like everyone That's heard it. him say that and decided no. <laughs> like it's like we'll wait for him know, to die and up. then we'll just forget about that. You <laughs> basically, uh, and and fucking. Then freaking oh. the worst. Mm. This is the worst part. This part just made it physically made me angry. I could feel myself just tensing uh, up. Same. I was angry. Now, and it's like now cornflower. Where is little cornflower? The young field mouse came. She stood by the abbot, waiting upon his word. She still doesn't say anything. No. By the way, there you are, dear cornflower. The abbot smiled. A warrior needs a good wife. You are the beauty that will grace Red- Redwall and rule the heart of our Matthias. The old gatehouse will be extended into a proper home. It belongs to you both. Guard our threshold wisely and well. Like, what the Literally, fuck? there it is. She's not a person. She's a decoration. She is a trophy wife. <laughs> yeah, there are no words to express the feelings of Matthias and Cornflower. They can feel the joy and pride singing from their hearts like, motherfucker, you bitch. And his last bit is to ask Constance to lift his head and tell him what his failing eyes can see before he dies. And Constance just says that I see the most beautiful summer morning of my life. The friends I know and love are all around me. Redwall, our home, is safe. The sun shines warmly upon us. Nature is ready to yield her bounty again in plenty this autumn. I have seen it all before many times, and yet I never cease to wonder. Life is good, my friends. I leave it to you. Do not be sad, for mine is a peaceful rest. And also, like, the late summer rose is in full Yeah. Like, this is an important thing. This rose is just, uh, like, waiting dies. patiently, like, come on, guys, I've got to have, like, the most dramatic moment to bloom. Hurry it up. Yeah, and then he dies, and then we get an epilogue. And it, Like, after that little speech, he fucking dies, and we get an epilogue. And this epilogue is, John Churchmouse is now the recorder. Yeah. He took over after Brother Methuselah. He's a recorder now. He's a very fun recorder because he, he's putting, like, in a bunch of little, like, like notes. Yeah. <laughs> It's very fun. Like, reading this, it's very funny. And this is the year of the talking squirrel. Because Silent Sam has started talking and is telling the story of the year of the late Rose to Madame Mayo, whose full name is Matthias Methuselah Mortimer. God, this poor kid. <laughs> poor kid. No wonder he gets Everyone calls him Madame Mayo. <laughs> and Brother Alf, whose name is Mordolphus... <laughs> I love how he's a note like, no wonder he prefers to go by Alf. Yeah, I mean, Mordolphus? And he says that the first anniversary of him being abbot, there will be a feast. Um, Of course it's a feast. Of course it's a feast. The shrews have become friends with the bee folk so they can all argue with each other. And it's really funny to me because bees don't really argue with each other. No. They have to argue with somebody else. I, just, I think that's that's really cute. I like that little it is. Ad- addition. There's just something really charming about, like, they like arguing so much. They learn an entire different language so they can argue with somebody new. Yeah. And we get this little bit that Warbeak has made friends with the friar and is learning that she really likes to cook. Mm-hmm. Like, she's finding something outside of war because the Sparrow, they do war. They don't really have a chance to realize that they can do other things. But now that they don't have to do that because Warbeak is queen and she's like, no, the mice, they're cool. Yeah. Meh. Whatever. Cooked food is pretty great, actually. Uh, she's like, yeah, I know. I like cooking. Ooh, this is cool. And she's getting kind of fat. Which is like, you know what? Um, she's earned it. <laughs> yeah. And um, I really like that Basil, like, so Basil is fetching Julian and Captain Snow, and I added a bit to this because Kit didn't put this in here, but I thought it was mm-hmm. a thing that needed to be in here. He is calling the anniversary feast a regimental reunion because this is also the anniversary <laughs> of the end of this honestly short war. Mm-hmm. This is the anniversary of the final battle. It's the anniversary of Matthias killing Clooney, the anniversary of the abbot... The abbot... Um, Mortimer's death and the anniversary of Abbot Alf becoming Abbot. There are many things happening here. Yes, it is a very um, busy day. Yeah, Dunwing and some of the older ladies are out gathering flowers. It is a good. Oh, I bumped my mic. It is a good day. <laughs> Take a shot. And it is. 
Listen, um, we're gonna have to add that to the drinking game now. You know, God, so much. It was the Joseph Bell was melted and recast as two smaller bells, the Matthias and Methuselah bells, mm-hmm. rung by Tim and Tess, John's two children. Mm-hmm. Um, they are they have grown quite sturdy over the past year. They are Abbey bell ringers. Uh, the crops are growing well. The fruit trees and butches, bu- butches, butches, bushes. <laughs> A good butch harvest this year. <laughs> Damn, all the bug beans. <laughs> Brian would never, oh unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, the, the grass is green. The sky is blue. The honey is sweeter than ever before. I will finish my writing now and go to prepare myself for tonight's festivities, which will be held in their usual place, the Cavern Hole in Redwall Abbey. Please be sure to visit us if you are ever passing. John Churchmouse, recorder, formerly of St. Ninian's. The last line in this book is here ends the story. Mm -hmm. And this is a... Kit made this remark, and I'm also like, I'm not too fond of this last chapter. Like, it is a very soft end. We do get to see the happy times that happen after this, but we don't get to see much of the effects beyond, honestly, Basil treating this like what it is. It is the anniversary of a war. Mm-hmm. And, like, we do see some of it in the next book, like the expectations placed on um, Matimeo. Matameo. Yes. I'm gonna keep butchering his name. I'm sorry. It. I don't think it matters. Um, I think it's either way. I'm gonna say Matameo. You're gonna say Matimeo. Yeah. It doesn't um, matter. But Matimeo, like the pressure on him because like tomato, tomato. He is the warrior's son, and like you have all these people who lived through that fight. Who, you know, like they're like you know, it's not your fault, kid. You can't live up to your dad. It's not like you have a great you know, war general who came up to swarm the gates and Timio is just like okay and then like his dad's all like the silent strong the strong but silent like I am the warrior of Redwall I protect Redwall and Timio's like okay dad you know which is weird considering Matthias at the beginning of the book like being a clumsy kind of talkative little weirdo yeah who wore sandals that were too big for him and a habit that was too big mm-hmm. for him. And now he's this strong warrior who has come into his own over the course of this. And I think it's just the confidence that helped him with mm-hmm. that. Because he didn't change size. No. It's just he's carrying it's just how himself you... properly now. Yes. Yeah. When you carry yourself with confidence, you seem larger than you mm-hmm. are. Because you were not putting out this vibe that you are small mm-hmm. and you should not be mm-hmm. noticed. You know? Posture has so, a huge impact. Yeah, and I'm I I am excited to get into Madame Mayo. I know when I read it when I was younger, I wasn't that into yeah. it. Um, like because it felt like a weird continuation. But I think it's just because I didn't understand the nuance of the years that happened after mm-hmm. war. And I at the time I, I really like the villain in Madame Mayo, and I'm looking forward to like reading it again because like it, again like this was a case of Brian pulling out something that we would have not thought about. Like, everyone, you know, like, you'd think, like, oh, Chicken Thief is dead, but mm, no, no, he's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm excited to read, because I do remember really liking the villain in this book, but I also remember not liking the book that much. Like, I read it, and I was like, okay, I'm never reading this book again. That was a thought I had about Madame Mayo. I don't remember anything about what happens in Madame Mayo whatsoever. I remember some of it, but only so because gonna be it's one of the wild. Yeah, it's it's one of the few ones that I actually read reread recently because it was like mm-hmm. when I started rereading them on my own, and then like we started talking about the podcast because like I did I read um, Tagarung, Pearls of Lutra, and Madame Mayo. Um, those were the three that I read before we started the podcast, but like this again was like back in 2019, early 2020, cause I was reading them yeah. when we were going to, uh, the Y to work out. Well, obviously 2020 yeah. happened and we stopped going to the Y. So <laughs> yeah, um, totally fair. So I'm excited to get into it and figure out if I like the book now. Yeah. Because again, I didn't like it as a kid. Like I remember like I, not dis disliking it, but thinking, eh, that was okay. Yeah, it's one of those, like, when I was younger, I was like, okay, I read it, I read it, and I know what happens in this book, and I'm never going to read right. it again. It was fine, but I don't want to read it it's again, kind of thing. bad. Whereas, like, yeah. I've reread a few of the other books multiple fucking times. It's like, it's not... Because I loved the story. Not bad, not good, it's a book that exists. 
It's yeah. a Disney but sequel on VHS. <laughs> hey, some of those are actually yes, good. Yes, some of them are. But you know... The Mulan can... sequel? Good. Surprisingly, uh, the Bambi uh, one is actually really Yeah, good. the Bambi sequel also it's good. It's not even a sequel, the... too. It's a prequel. It is a prequel. The, um... Hunchback of Notre Dame sequel, not so No, much. that can burn into dumpster. And the sequel to uh, Atlantis. That, that mm. wasn't even a sequel. Here's a fun fact for you guys out there who don't know, because some of you are probably not Disney maniacs like I am slash was. Um, <laughs> the, there is at least three, air quotes, Disney sequels that were released. Uh, the Tarzan 2, um, not the prequel. Tarzan one. and Jane? Yeah, Tarzan and Jane. Uh, the Atlantis... Which led to the TV mm-hmm, show. Because it was... Because that was like a pilot yep, for the TV show. It was the pilot for the TV show. Uh, the Atlantis, air quotes, sequel was actually three pilot episodes to a TV show that when Atlantis didn't get the ratings that Disney wanted, they canned the TV show. But since they'd already done the animation, they cobbled those three episodes together into the, air quotes, sequel. Which is why it's a hot When Disney didn't get the ratings they wanted, you mean when they purpose purposefully sabotage both Atlantis and Treasure Planet. We're going to go up against Harry Potter. We're going to go up against Star Wars. What the hell do you think you were doing? Disney. <gasps> anyway. Anyway, we should do our questions. We should do our questions. Um, so, what was your favorite weird Abbey food in this There wasn't book? really any food that caught my attention this time around. Yeah. There, was, there was more focus this on book- action. Yeah, with the end of this book, there wasn't a whole lot of food. Like, we get the mention of having a hardtack lunch, <laughs> and we don't know what they had in the feast. We get the mention of, like, like Julian's uh, trout salad, which, honestly, sounds tasty. I don't like fish. But there's not really so. any... What? I don't like fish, so... I know you don't like fish, you weirdo. Listen, they... The Listen, I'm Texture listening. bad, taste bad. That's fair. <laughs> we need to get you, like... Is it, like, the flakiness of the texture? I, I can eat fish if it is um, fried. Like, I can eat fried fish. Mm-hmm. I don't mind fried fish. And there are certain ways fish can prepare, be prepared that I like. I like canned tuna, but everyone knows that that's not really okay. fish. Um, well, it is fish, but it's prepared a different way. And it's, it, the texture is different from than if you just cook a tuna right. fish. Because when you just cook tuna, it becomes flakier. Right. And it's not as, like, I know canned tuna is flaky but there's a firmness Mm -hmm. to it that isn't there when you cook fresh tuna um so i think that you would like much firmer like firmer Mm -hmm. fish like probably less fatty leaner yeah like my my there's a lot of the tuna that they use for like uh canned tuna is less fatty well my brother-in-law he's a fisherman and like i can tell you that the the one fish that i actually did kind of enjoy that he caught was a tiger muskie which I've never heard of that fish before in my they life. They are a infertile hybrid that is released periodically into the stocked lakes here around where I live. Oh. Uh, because they are infertile, they can't breed. And because they are introduced, they can help control the population of other, like, maybe not invasive species, but they basically they're creating an artificial environment in these artificial lakes. So the tiger muskies are the carefully controlled predators who help keep things balanced. This is unrelated. Please go look at the Abbey Archives general discussion channel what? right oh, now. Uh, 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 yep. 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 Please go look. Join our Discord because please, please. He made the a link little... is down below. He made a little. Oh wait, you, you cute. Speaking of Sarpedon, they uh, okay. Sorry. Well, we have other questions before we okay. get there. But was there an animal that appeared that surprised you, or did an animal subvert expectations? Uh, the cat. Yeah, the cat definitely. Like we were not expecting him to show up. Um, like he showed up at the end of like the second book in this book and it was kind of like cat and now it's like cat like he barely does anything yeah and also I really really am interested in like like at what point in like Gingevere's line did they go back to war yeah cause like 
Did they go back to fighting? They, Did they become knights? Because being a squire implies that they were knights. Yeah. When when did that happen? I want to know that. When did that happen? And because Gingiver was a pacifist, mm -hmm. he did not want to fight. I wonder if we're going to get that in any of the books that are between this and Mo like between Mossflower and Redwall. I wonder if we're going to see any more of the Gingiver line between then and and like other books because it would it would make sense. I mean, like why not flesh them out? Because he had these two books to use as guidelines, so. Yeah, especially considering, like, the farm is not that far away from the abbey. We figured that out. It's, like, a day yeah, away. Yeah, it's really not that far. Roughly. Yeah. So it's, like, what, what, what? I want to yeah. know. I want to know. Brian, I want to know. You gotta get the Ouija board set up. You need to fucking tell mm -hmm. me. Anyway, what's your favorite part of this part of the book? Okay. My favorite part would probably have to have been the um, the way they wrote, like, it's honestly like the very last scene where he drops the bell on Clooney. I love that whole like, build up to that end right there because I love play on words and like promises like, yes, I did come down. He just, he never promised when he'd come down, you know, I love. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. how. So I love things like that. Um, yeah. As you know, I am basic. Uh, <laughs> oh, did my tablet. <laughs> okay. uh, my favorite part was when he slew Asmodeus. Ah. Uh, and we don't need to get into that nope. again, because I've already gone yep. into it. Everything I said, I, <laughs> that's why it's my favorite part. I didn't say a word. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Anyway, so, from Sarpedon on Discord, thank you for submitting some questions to us. In Redwall, Clooney thinks that he'd like to play, that he'd like to learn to play chess as he'd be unbeatable. What do you think they'd have as the chess pieces in Redwall, assuming the rules are the same, but the pieces are all named and carved differently? I can think of two off the top of my head, a beehive and a bell. I think we would also have, um, instead of like a king, I think it would be the abbey. Yeah, and Martin would be the queen. So yeah. you'd have the sword for the queen, the abbey for the king, um... The bishops could be... Do you think they could be the bell? Because that would Maybe. be like a representative of the abbey as well. Or it could be... Oh, no, it would be the bishops. It would be the abbot's chair. Would they be the abbot's chair? I think so. I don't. I think maybe like the... The bishops would be maybe... Uh, like the otters or the squirrels. Okay. Well, we know the knights would be the... The knights could be the otters. Mm-hmm. And... I think the, the rooks would be, like, just mice. Yeah. Um, hmm. I actually think that the knights would be Martin. You think so? But then who would be the queen? I don't know. Because I don't think it would be called the queen. Maybe the queen is, like, the champion. Yeah. So what would the knights be? Well, that's why I think they would be the otters, because the otters are usually, like, oh, no, badgers. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, the knights would be badgers. Knights would be badgers. Uh, um, let's see. And would it be the same on both sides? Like, mm -hmm. um, what is traditionally, like, the, the person, like... So I know traditionally one person gets black and one person gets white, and it depends on, like, who challenged who or who's on what side of the right. board or something. So which... And I don't I don't know enough about chess. Uh, yeah, I same know. here. I don't have the head for it. I don't... Time to Google chess. <laughs> uh, give me the wiki page for chess. Chess Wikipedia. Here we go. Okay. Do to do to do reading. Do to do to do do. Ba. Also, while you're doing that, I got four kitchen day done. Oh, we forgot about what would the pawns? That's be? what I'm thinking about. Like, I think the pawns would probably be mice because they're the most common okay. members of. So would the rooks be squirrels? Yes, I think so. Pawns would be mice, okay. rooks would be squirrels, the bishops could be otters, then the knights would be badgers, 
-hmm. And then you would have the king who would be the abbey. And I still think that the queen should be the sword or Martin. I think it would be the sword because it's called the champion. And the champion is not always a mouse. So the sword. Case in point, stares at (laughs) Um, Let's see. Set up. Who would get what? I don't understand. We are not good with <laughs> chess. <laughs> okay, so would okay, so uh, would white be like Abbey creatures and black be vermin? Maybe, maybe, because I know some like it's the same set, but they look just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Like they represent the same things. So you would have like maybe, maybe like the oldest version of this. Um, like somebody made it, and the the black like look like Sarmina and Bane yeah. and like Ashleg and they look like rats and stoats and ferrets and weasels. Yeah. But as like it moves uh, through time, like maybe it changes and like it gets less like obvious like who specifically it is. Like maybe the 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 queen is just some like nebulous kind of evil looking vermin creature. Yeah, like a, a hybrid um, between like all the different vermins. Because, like, if, yeah. if, if in theory, like, Gingivere's line does still live in Mossflower, like, they probably would have moved away from Cats Are Evil to, like, there are nebulous allies, you know. Yeah. And so, like, um, we would get, uh, we would say, like, the, the, the pawns would be rats. Yeah. Um, the, the bishops and the rooks could be, um... I don't think it would matter what they were specifically, but it would be like, um, like their captains or, uh, things like that. Like the, or the knights would be like the captains. I think the king, ooh, the king is always a fox. The king is always a fox. So we have the queen who is just, um, like, let's say the, 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 the queen is the scourge. Uh We'll just go with that. We'll go off of this book. The the king the the queen is the scourge. The king is a fox. Um, the knights are captains, and depending on the set you have, they could be rats, they could be stoats, ferrets, or whatever. They could be a mix, but they're always stylized the same right. way. Um, and like the rooks and the bishops could be like again depending. It can be any vermin, but it's stylized everything. Or like. Or, or or the rooks are, are snakes twined around a tower. Mm-hmm. Um, the bishops could be um, like a pine, like pine yeah. martens. Uh, the bishops could be pine martens. The pawns are a mix of like rats and ferrets and stoats and yeah. stuff. Oh my. Um, they're all stylized the same way. Yeah. I think that sounds good. Yeah, I don't know how chess works. <laughs> all I know is that the queen is the one who actually has the power. <laughs> yes, that's all I know too. The queen has the power. Um, so we've got the queen is the champion and the scourge. Yes. And like, it doesn't matter like who plays which side because it's not necessarily specifically being like, oh, well, this is a battle of good. It's just, you're playing chess. Mm-hmm. And this is just what the pieces happen to look yeah. like. And they're not always like, whites are not always like the red wallers. Sometimes that set is carved in black and vice versa. It depends on the set and who owns it because these aren't mass produced, right. obviously. These are carved by individuals, by artisans like maybe, who maybe are just one set, making them. One set is carved from like mahogany and the other set is carved from birch wood. So they have the different colors that yeah. way. You know, yeah, or they're carved from like stone. Yeah, different colored stones. stone chest sets are. <laughs> oh man, um, checkers would be great because then you'd just get these little symbols yeah. on all of them, <laughs> and like so you've got like because like in checkers you've just got it's all the same. Yep, right. We've got the one side, and of the it's crown. only when you, yeah, it's only when you get one to the other side of the board and you cap it with another like checker that it's like. 
like a a, a king king or whatever yeah now i am king and so like and so like they have like one side could have like a mouse face or like a sword and the other side could have like a cutlass or a rat Mm -hmm. face okay so you good with that one? So yeah, that's what we that's what we the, that is our opinions on that. Uh, I would actually fucking love to see this set exist. <laughs> um, I think that would be cool as shit. And I I mm, I want to own it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing that's not gonna happen. Mm. But who man, that'd be cool. I do not know how to play chess, but just having that would be neat. Me um, looking at the four to five hundred dollar Kingdom Hearts chess set, like mm. <laughs> me looking at the hundred and fifty dollar tapestry that I still want. <laughs> okay, I want it so bad. I'm gonna do the outro now. Okay. Thank you for listening to Abbey Archives. We are grateful you lent us your ears, and we hope you enjoy your time with us. This has been Kit. You can find me on Twitter at Kitsy in a Box, all one word where I make my Kitsunday, which are little foxes with ice cream themed tails and other such accessories that you can order custom for yourself. Please get Redwall themed ones. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I think they'd be cute. Um, and I've been Izzy. You can find me on Twitter at the Deer. You can also find me on our parent podcast, Hope's Hearth Pod, uh, as well as the I guess main organizer of the podcast collective that we are working on naming. It might have a name by the time this comes yeah. out. I don't know. Um, uh, also keep an eye out for other things that our podcast collective are going to be putting out. Not necessarily soon, but probably next year. There are two podcasts in the work, possibly three. The third one I haven't heard much else on yet. Mm-hmm. We are expanding. <laughs> and I'm not scared, but, you know, th- 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 things are happening. <laughs> anyway, you can find us both at Abby Archives on Twitter. And <clears throat> may your hearth be warm and your heart be merry. From us to you at Redwall Abbey. Bye. 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 Well, it's a good thing we're planning to take a break after this, because that's four hours of audio you're going to get to edit down. Um, (laughs) All right, we need a clap. A tay. Want to clap at the 30? Sure. Ooh, I need to eat something. I'm hungry, too, and I want to take a shower. I'm feeling greasy. I also want to take a shower. I wish to shower. Ready? for listening. If you like this podcast, please be sure to follow us on Twitter at Abbey Archives. And if you'd like to read along with us, join our Discord, linked in the description below. You can also follow our parent podcast at Hope's Hearth Pod. Remember to wash your paws like good dibbins and take care of yourselves. Bye! <laughs>